Jeff's. Jeff's Wonderland. Welcome to the Wonderland, the podcasting world's undisputed number one land of wonder and wondering. Hence the imaginative and highly descriptive name. I am Jeff Healy. I'll be your host for the next 15 minutes, and I am otherwise an Australian musician, singer-songwriter, comedian, compulsive overthinker, enjoyer of fun things, and the one voted most likely by friends and family alike to go wandering off mentally during a very important conversation. Now, where was I? Ah, yes. Colours. Now, it must have occurred to you, a few of you anyway, at some point that the colour orange is the only colour named after a fruit. If there's any doubts about this, look it up. Google it. It's true. So we do have shades of various colours that are also named after fruit, but orange is classed as a primary colour in the RGB standard, unlike pumpkin, saffron, apricot, or indeed Hare Krishna. Who freaking cares, I hear you ask. And there are one or two of you who are also asking, what the hell is the RGB standard and why is that relevant to my life? Well, these are, of course, both excellent questions. But for the time being, I'm going to ignore them and just make the point that it seems unfair to me that carrot was never considered seriously to be the name of the colour we refer to now as orange. Look, let's face it, like the fruit, carrot is a food and a healthy one and it is orange so look as far as i can tell it has all the qualifications to be the name of a color so let's hear it for the carrot a healthy food which could have been more than a vegetable it could have been a contender okay so speaking of contenders and carrots i'd like to discuss something which has nothing to do with either of those things and in order for us to find out more, we now need to tiptoe into the hallowed halls of knowledge known as Theory Time. Yo, you can't know what you can't know. I'm going to tell you what I think I know. And I know what I know. This is what I know. Theory Time. And welcome to Theory Time, which today begins with a question about the best household pet to get. And the choices are cats, dogs, or other people. Of course, I'm not suggesting that you could have a pet person as such. I mean, obviously. I mean, you, you can hardly expect a person to put up with a collar and a leash, can you? Well, maybe under some circumstances. But for the purposes of this exercise, let's think of a pet as a household companion, okay? So, to begin, let's focus on cats and dogs. And my question is this. What is the primary purpose of a cat slash dog? The answer varies, of course, but in my own experience, the household cat or dog seems to perform six main functions. One, to increase the necessity of vacuuming. Two, to occupy furniture. Three, to destroy furniture. Four, going in and out. Five, doing exactly the opposite of what you want them to do. Six, eating you out of house and home. And of course, a host of other jobs, you know, peculiar to each species, such as slobbering, meowing, barking, whining, howling, staring into space, frightening intruders, ignoring intruders, welcoming intruders, sitting in cardboard boxes and dragging dead animals into the house. To name a few. 
But, you know, the dog or cat-minded among us will put up with all of the above and much more, because dogs and cats provide some mysterious degree of comfort, and sometimes because another person would just seem like too much work. Which they are. I mean, if you happen to be the owner of a person, you have to talk to them, you can't just shut them outside when they get annoying, although they're pretty much toilet trained. Some of the males, however, will still make a mess. And if they smell, there's a limited amount you can do about it. With pets, they're not going to come home drunk and loud at four in the morning. You don't have to put up with their obnoxious friends. They never complain. They don't leave dirty clothes lying all over the bathroom floor or wet towels on the bed. And you can watch whatever you want on Netflix whenever you want without them giving a rat's. Although cats will occasionally bring a mouse in as a trophy. And the same goes for listening to music. Cats and dogs have no preference, provided you avoid anything in E-flat involving wind instruments. On the negative side, pets will also not wipe their feet before they come inside. They'll also whine when they're unhappy, and they will also not pull their weight with the housework. Now look, sometimes I'll get into a discussion with someone about the pros and cons of pets, and one thing that always seems to come up is... Well, you know, the problem with pets is that you get attached to them and then one day they'll die and you'll be really upset. And, and, you know, it's odd, but I've never ever heard this said about people, even though their mortality is also assured, but it's never given as an excuse not to get one. Hmm. So now let's go back to the main functions of a pet cat or dog, but this time I'm going to substitute the word cat or dog with person. And then let's see how things look. You ready? Okay, here we go. The household pet person seems to perform six main functions. One, to increase the necessity of vacuuming. Two, to occupy furniture. Three, to destroy furniture. Four, going in and out. Five, doing the exact opposite of what you want them to do. Six, eating you out of house and home. Well, from that, folks, I think we can conclude, all things considered, that the average person is, in fact, marginally better off with a pet cat or dog than a pet human. And I'd call that another Wonderland win. This is what I know. Theory time. And that was this week's highly educational edition of Theory Time. And having just let the cat outside for the 15th time this morning, it occurs to me that we've now reached the musical part of the show. Yes, it's Song of the Day, in which you, the lucky Wonderlander, get to have a quick listen to a selection from my musical back catalogue. And today, we're not going too far back at all, because we're going to check out a song I released quite recently. And this is the first track ever on which I play all the instruments. Except for the drums. Although not all at the same time, obviously. Anyway, look, here it is. And it's called There's Your Problem.
up one morning and I didn't feel so good. Went down to the doctor like you said I should. Said there's nothing really wrong with me. But I was in a state of perfect health as far as he could see. So I went up to my dentist. At me too. He said, seems It seems to, to me you bit off a little more than you could chew. Come back and, Come see, back and see me week. next week. I'll have some more news for you. Take a look at your x rays. I'll take a look at your x rays and I'll see if there's not something more that we can do. And there it is, folks. There's your problem. And I don't think there can be too many songs which include the words lazy jerk. There's probably a few. Anyway, as always, you can hear the rest of the song on Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon, etc., etc., or even on my website, which is www.jeffhealy.com. So anyway, I mentioned in the last episode of The Wonderland that the Swiss and German governments, when deciding what sort of vehicles they'll allow on the roads, seem to have taken an attitude much like my mum and dad would have, in that they seem to have given motorists quite a bit of self-determination when it comes to the types of vehicle that they want to drive on a public road. In other words, it's a bit like choosing the manner of your own death, I suppose. Meanwhile, in Norway, the mum and dad approach to rules and regulations is being used a bit differently. And I want to talk about that. But to do so, we now need to knock politely but firmly on the front door of Jeff's Thought of the Day. And a hearty welcome to Thought of the Day. Yes, Norway. Norway is a place I've spent quite a bit of time working because, for reasons that no one can really explain, it has more piano bars per square kilometre than any other country on earth. Needless to say, this is a good thing for me, being a piano entertainer, and I've spent quite a lot of time playing gigs up there during the last 20 years or so. And I'm not going to question a miracle. On top of which, the country is beautiful, and I like the people who live there, even though things tend to be a little bit pricey. But for whatever reason, Norwegians also have quite the taste for alcohol. Now, my first experience of Norway was Trondheim, and I was shocked at how drunk people got 
on the weekends. You see, the only time you ever see that in Australia is on New Year's Eve. And then, of course, you've got a year to recover. But in Norway, it's New Year's Eve every weekend. So just as a Norwegian mile is about 10 kilometres, a Norwegian alcohol recovery year is about six days. Anyway, as I became accustomed to Norway, the cost of things, the, the darkness, the language, the cold, the wet and the wind, I learned to accept the heavy drinking for what it is. Absolutely necessary. I also discovered that you can make a lot of wonderful new friends on the weekends in Norway until the following day when you say hello to them on the street and they have absolutely no idea who you are. Now, having said that, I've found Norwegians to be friendly, pleasant, honest and generous and wonderfully straightforward when it comes to ordering a drink at the bar. You see, Anglo types like myself are all please this and thank you that while Norwegians are just getting on with it. Like I'm standing at the bar saying, And a very good day to you, sir. How are you? And may I kindly trouble you for a trio of your finest local draft beers. Thank you very much, my good man. While the Norwegian bloke next to me has achieved the exact same result in a fraction of the time by holding up three fingers and yelling, Treøl! So, believe you me, if ordering drinks ever becomes a timed event at the Olympics, Norway is going to clean up big time. Anyway, look, I'm digressing a little bit. Coming back to the issue of alcohol abuse in Norway, the government there does seem to have gotten their ideas for alcohol control from my mum and dad. That is, by believing if you make it difficult or expensive or even forbidden for the kids to have booze, then the kids will lose interest in it. And so that has resulted in alcohol being very expensive in Norway and therefore drinking is now taken quite seriously in so much as being half drunk is frowned upon as being a complete waste of money. Also, the government has created a thing called the Schenker Control, where groups of non-drinking university students are sent out randomly into bars and nightclubs to report on breaches of the alcohol laws, one of which is apparently people having too much fun. Under Norwegian law, though, any advertising of alcohol inside the bar is forbidden, with the supporting logic, I suppose, that it might encourage people to drink. Well, I would have thought that anyone who's bothered to come into the bar in the first place isn't going to need a lot of encouragement. But look, to be fair, alcohol abuse is a problem. And it's a problem in just about every Western country. And I guess Norway is simply doing its best to deal with that. And look, I don't think politicians there are being killjoys as such. But just like my mum and dad, they're trying to tell people, look, you don't have to drink to have a good time. Whilst the people are replying with, that's right. And you don't have to have a good time to drink. I think, I think it was the thought of the day. And that's it for Thought of the Day. And that also concludes today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please hit the subscribe button, the follow button, the like button. In fact, any positive looking button that you can find there. And you will get a notification when next week's episode pops up on your podcasting service. But I'll give you a little hint. It's Friday. So until then, everyone, take care, stay away from cheap chocolate, and don't forget to join me next Friday for another voyage of discovery through the Wonderland. Gotta get back to